Welcome to Tea and Chat, the podcast where we explore different cultures from first-hand experiences with your host, Rebecca, a British expat living in Canada. Hi there and welcome to Tea and Chat. Today's going to be a little bit of a different episode because currently I am sick, but I didn't want to skip a week and leave you guys with nothing, so I thought today that I would interview my husband. Now, he has been on the podcast before. If you're interested to listen to that episode, it's season two, episode two. In that episode, we spoke about how we met and how we did a bit of a long distance relationship and our passion for board games at the time. Today, we're going to be taking a different turn of the topics because this season is all about what it's like to live in another country. So I'm going to be picking his brain over what it was like to grow up in Canada, why we chose to live in Canada and have our children here, and whether we want to live here in the future. So hopefully my voice isn't too annoying for you guys. I definitely do sound a bit different because I'm sick. But let's get into it. Hi Adam, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad, but you know, we're both sick, so here we are. (laughs) So today, as I said, I want to begin by picking your brain on what it was like to grow up in Canada. I'm sure I have some listeners who are quite interested in moving here, at least traveling here, and not a lot of people know what that's like, what Canada's like at all. Usually people aren't taught about Canada in school, so people might have a couple stereotypes that they've heard here and there, but I think the general consensus is that people just think it's a place with a lot of land and a lot of nature. Aside from that, people don't really know what it's like. So Adam, maybe you can begin by telling us a little bit like what it was like for you to grow up in Canada. Was it something that you enjoyed and that you would recommend others also do? Well, for me, I believe I had maybe a slightly average time growing up here. You know, I went to school every day. I had a few friends that I hung out with, mainly one that I would hang out with quite often, go to the park, hang out at each other's houses and play games and whatnot. At school, you know, I got bullied a little bit. I feel like most people get bullied, some here in Canada. Um, It's kind of a common thing. I wasn't really too enthusiastic about school, I guess, so I didn't I guess I didn't try hard enough there, but, you know, that's probably just the schooling system not keeping my interest. What was your favorite subject in school? For most of the time, I feel like it was math. You know, I just found it easy and I enjoyed it. But, I mean, once I went to university, that definitely changed. Oh, that's quite interesting because right now you're not really doing anything directly related to math. Or would you say you've incorporated it into your job somehow? There's some, I guess, basic math stuff I do. Nothing too complicated. But yeah, compared to university stuff, yeah, it's very simple. Okay, cool. So from a perspective of someone living overseas, what would you say is the most attractive things about Canada, a reason why someone might want to move here? Well, we have free health care. That's a very big positive, as we learned with having our second child. Oh yeah, what happened <laughs> with that? Well, we moved to Alberta and, well, you didn't have your health care properly set up, I guess. I wasn't sure what happened there because you had it but then it was expired but then it wasn't basically because we moved provinces quite recently we were previously living in Windsor Ontario in Canada and in January of this year we moved to Edmonton Alberta because we moved provinces during my pregnancy the healthcare didn't like update essentially each province has their own healthcare system and while they are generally very similar you still have to reapply for them And in Alberta, there is a waiting period of three months. So I was already near the end of my pregnancy and I didn't actually realize that there was a three month waiting period. So when I came here, I was kind of in a pickle 
and my healthcare was due to come in just, I think, two days before my due date, but luckily my son was over a week late, so everything ended up being okay, but there are some things like that that you have to watch out for when you come here, different things like waiting periods and such, so that you don't get put in that kind of scary position that I was in. Yeah, so if she hadn't got her healthcare in time, I believe they said it would cost around $10,000 to have a baby. Yeah, we didn't have like an exact figure, but they said like up to $10,000. Yeah, which would have been a lot of money to have a child in a country with free healthcare. Yeah, so in comparison, uh, obviously we live very close to America. And as mentioned in the previous episode, that can get quite costly. But it is uh, a good benefit of living here that we usually uh, have free healthcare as long as you get your health card. Renewed. (laughs) (laughs) Renewed, yeah, and make sure you keep on top of it. So any other benefits that you can think of to living here? Another thing that's good or positive, I guess, is that school is free up until university or college. So if you have kids, they can go to school for free unless you go to a private school. That costs a bit, but I don't think there's really any difference between a private school and a non-private school. Yeah, I mean, in other countries, there might be a big difference between private school and public school. But in general, we don't notice the difference even the same. For the UK, I'm sure a lot of people would have an argument on that, um, but perhaps the difference is at least not as big as in other countries. Yeah, no, it's not that big. But then once you go to college or university, it costs quite a bit of money. You can apply for a government grant, which is the one in Ontario was called OSAP, and they will pay for your school and books and everything, depending on your family's income. And you might have to pay some back, you might not have to pay any, but it's a lot cheaper if you can get that. My family made over the bracket that was necessary for that, so I had to get a bank loan, which was quite expensive, even though my parents couldn't or didn't help me with the schooling. Yeah, so of course Adam still had to make it on his own as an adult, and uh, those loans continued with him. As I'm sure a lot of adults can relate to that. I know a lot of people who go to university usually do end up paying some kind of student loan. And it can take many, many years to pay that off. Yeah, so for university at least, it was really expensive because I went there for two years. And each year was about $8,000 to go, not including the school books and whatnot. And then college is about half that usually, maybe even less depending on the program you choose. Yeah, and that's in Canadian dollars, just for reference. Um, Whenever we talk about dollars, we talk about Canadian dollars, which is just slightly different from U.S. dollars. Okay, so free education up to 18. We had free healthcare. Anything else? Like, any other reason why you might recommend that someone lives here? What's really attractive about Canada to you? I guess the nature is really nice. I know we like to go camping, and with my family before, we used to go glamping every year, which is camping, but we did it in a cabin and... It was a lot nicer and easier to do. Well, yeah, you just go out in the wilderness, spend a few days or a week out and have fun. You go fishing, you go hiking and all that, and it's nice. Yeah, I'd be surprised to hear a Canadian who hasn't gone camping before. It's definitely a good family activity, and there's many different types, as you said. So you mentioned going in cabins. Uh, For us, we've gone camping in a tent several times. Some people have RVs or trailers that they bring with them. And there's even more obscure ways and unique ways that you can go camping for sure. So there's no end of nature in Canada. I'm sure that's something that people are already aware of. But people might not be so used to going camping in their own country. So that could be something that's quite exciting, adventurous for you to try when you come here. Okay, so we touched upon a couple of the positives to living here. Can you think of any negatives? 
off the top of my head, I don't think there was anything negative here. So Canada's like the perfect place to live in your mind? I mean, it seems all right, I guess. I guess everyone has a different experience, so it might not be the same, and other people might think of more negatives. I could definitely come up with a good long list of both positive and negatives to living in the UK. And on that topic, let's switch to a different country. So you have also lived in Japan. That's how we met. How would you say that compares to your experience living in Canada? Well, when I was in Japan, I lived on a mountain and yeah, I was kind of in the middle of nowhere. So it was about 40 minutes to get to the nearest town. So that was a very different than here because, I mean, you can drive five minutes and get to any shops or anything you need. I did a lot more traveling there, but that was because I was trying to explore and enjoy my time there. It's not something you really do in your own home country so much. You don't normally go around travel that area too much. Usually you only do that when you go to other countries because you find it more fun than where you live. Would you say that you preferred living in Canada or you preferred living in Japan? And now I'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor. Tired of being on top of growing customers while dealing with admin work? Introducing Vey, the all-in-one business solution that adapts your workflow from anywhere. Vey schedule meetings, host video calls, get paid, and manage your customers from start to finish. Vey, take control of your business. Well, I have a lot more experience living in Canada, so I guess I would prefer it because of that. That's not necessarily true, because I grew up in the UK, and just because I had more experience living there doesn't mean I preferred it. Well, I'm not sure about the schooling as compared to here. I believe you have to pay a little bit for that. I remember we watched a video where you had to, or someone talked about how they had to pay a few hundred dollars for the school supplies and all that, but I guess that would be normal. Their healthcare, I don't actually know what that covers or if it's free. I've never actually looked into that. I know when I was there, I didn't have the free healthcare, so I had to pay a bit when I went to the hospital because I got sunburned real bad. Did you have any travel insurance? No, I didn't. I probably should have got some, but I didn't really think about it at the time. That's okay. I didn't get any either. So, yeah, you're kind of trying to compare directly the school and the healthcare, but you didn't experience those because you didn't live there long enough to know about those. So just from your own personal experience, like what things did you enjoy and what things didn't you like? Well, in Japan, I guess it felt a lot safer everywhere. Like you could walk around at night or any time really and not feel like you're going to get mugged or or attacked or anything. Not that I would here normally, but I mean, in some more crowded cities, you do have to you know, watch your pockets and make sure no one's stealing anything from you. Yeah, it's not perfect here, basically. And nowhere is perfect, but we always say if you were to leave your wallet or your laptop on a table in a restaurant in Japan, you can safely go to the bathroom and know that nobody's going to steal it. If you did that here, you'd be stupid. So it doesn't mean that, like, it's not about whether somebody's necessarily going to pickpocket you here. It's just that... You have the feeling like someone might, just because it's happened enough. Yeah, you still just have to be on guard. Whereas in Japan, you can kind of let your guard down a little bit. I kind of spoke about this recently with someone, about the safety element. I brought it up with someone, and they said, like, how important that is. Because we actually feel most comfortable where we feel the most safe. There's a whole psychological element to that. Where you feel safe, you can feel really comfortable and feel like you're at home. So although it might sound like a small thing from the outlook, uh, actually how safe you feel in a place is a really big deal. So I can say now that we've moved to a bigger city in Canada, for example, 
I'm starting to realize how much more crime there is here compared to the last city we lived in. For example, there are a lot of homeless people here that do various types of crimes. There's a lot of people here that might try and like break into cars. And in general, there's a really high use of drugs here. So that's something we've seen a lot. We've only been here for a couple of months. But unfortunately, we have come across a lot of instances where uh, people have either been passed out from overdosing. We've found needles in children's parks. People walking around with needle marks in their hands. And frequently people are searching through garbage bins, trying to perhaps find various items, but also maybe collect bottles and such because you can sell it at recycle disposal places for a very, very small amount, you know, a few cents. But of course, uh, when you're homeless, that all adds up. So we definitely have that feeling of a little bit unsafe here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember in Japan, you didn't really see any homeless people at all. No one was doing drugs anywhere. I don't even think people talked about drugs in Japan or really knew what they were. That's <laughs> what it seemed like. Yeah, there's always like some different thing that people might be addicted to. So in Japan, it could still be alcohol, for example. Oh, yeah, they do drink a lot over there. <laughs> they do drink a lot because it's a culture, a work culture, to go out drinking after work every day. So you might see a few drunks in the evening and stuff like that. But usually there's always like a designated person that makes sure they don't do anything too stupid, I feel like. Because they drink so frequently, I feel like they at least more or less know how to handle themselves. Mm. It's not something that really affects the safety of others too, too much. But again, we're not saying that Japan is perfect on this. We're just saying that it's something that a lot of people notice when they go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anything else? I like the food there a lot. It's very different to Canadian food. Here we have a lot of different cultures, so you can try a bunch of, like, you know, if you want Italian or you want Mexican and that kind of stuff, but there's not too much Japanese, and it is a very different style of cooking and very different ingredients, so I found that kind of nice to to try out. Yeah, I know, at least for myself, though, I didn't really go to any, like, high-end Japanese restaurants. Did you? Not that I can remember. I don't think I did. I usually went to the cheaper ones. Yeah, so I don't even know then how, like, great quality we tried while we were there, but... Well, I know the Japanese usually care about the quality of their food, so even the cheaper stuff, I feel like, would be decent. That's a fair point. Yeah, here you can definitely taste the difference between perhaps some cheaper food and more expensive food sometimes. Yeah, yeah, some people just try to make a quick buck, so they sell you garbage. Yeah, Japanese kind of just can't get away with that. They would get into a lot of trouble oh, yeah. if they tried, yeah. So you mean like the general standard there of the food is higher? Would you say the standard of living is higher? You know, I'm not quite sure. We had staff housing at the place I worked in Japan. So I didn't have to pay for it, but it was just a little room that I got. I didn't really live in any house there. or anything. I guess I stayed in an apartment once for an Airbnb. It was like a smaller than a, your average apartment. So I guess maybe they do live a little more compact than we do. Okay, so you think the houses are perhaps smaller there? Yeah, they're. I guess they live a more minimalist lifestyle. Yeah, so. but it's not like a trendy thing like it is here. It's just the yes, way that they live. Yeah, how they live, yeah. Yeah, would you say the quality of the houses themselves is higher? I know they're always trying to improve the standards for the housing because of earthquakes and that. So every few years there's new laws and that that get put out for how they have to build the houses to be able to handle earthquakes. So it kind of makes older houses outdated yeah it's quite unfortunate because the older houses are built in a very traditional style and they're yeah, very they, beautiful yeah, they look real nice yeah yeah but now they're worth nothing because they don't fit to the earthquake standards so 
It's actually quite sad. So the newer houses have a very modern look, very compact. And the old houses weren't necessarily so, so small, I would say, because they could be like big farmhouses and stuff like that. But in general, they still kept things like on the smaller side, even back in the day, right? Yeah, and I feel like since they were older, they had more land to work with, so they did make them a little bigger. But now there's so many people and everyone's building houses that they have to make them smaller to be able to fit all the housing that's necessary. That's not only it, though. There's still plenty of places for people to live in the countryside. And what's happened is in Japan that everyone has moved to the bigger metropolitan areas. Mm. And so the, now the countryside is actually completely deserted. So the government is currently trying to put in various incentives and schemes to try and encourage younger people to move back out into those smaller towns because it's estimated that most of them will disappear in the near future because there are only elderly people living there since Japan has such a high elderly population. This is one of the side effects and one of the problems that they're going through right now. The younger kids just really are not interested in living there. And that might be a theme throughout the world and other countries too. But as it stands, Japan is only interested on putting money and investing it in those bigger metropolitan areas. So, of course, if they were to invest that money in smaller towns, perhaps it'd be more attractive. But they aren't really doing that right now. So, yeah, Japan, despite it being a small country, still has a lot of land. It's just people are only interested in living in the bigger cities. Yeah, there's a lot more to do in the cities. So it is more appealing for the younger group. Yeah, the younger people might find the countryside more boring. I think that's, again, it's kind of similar wherever you go, right? But when we talk about the quality of life, of course, there's a lot of different factors to consider. There's schools, jobs, uh, healthcare, entertainment, nature, any historical sites, or the culture as a whole, whether that's something you kind of really enjoy, agree with, or disagree with. So do you think there's anything like that that perhaps Japan has that Canada doesn't have? Well, they definitely have a lot more historical sites. Canada is only, what, just over 150 years old, so we didn't really have the time to make a lot of historical sites. In Japan, it's been around for God knows how long now, but they have tons of like temples and things like that you can go visit. And very old cities also, those are nice to look at. Yeah, old cities, old towns, and mm. I think even if you think about the UK, what would you say for historical sites there? Well, there, you guys have castles and stuff you can look at. Yeah, growing up, for me, that was just normal. I didn't really see any interest in it. But uh, since meeting students and stuff, I realized how interested they are to visit those places when they go to the UK. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice to go look at a castle or two. Yeah, so you've actually visited the UK as well. How was that experience for you? It was nice. We did a lot of traveling. We were over there for, what was it, three weeks, I believe. And I got to see her or your hometown a bit and visit your family which was nice since I don't get to see them really ever now. I enjoyed trying all the food that was there. That was quite fun because I guess British food is different than here but I guess kind of similar but it was yummy. <laughs> if you can't already tell Adam is obsessed with food. I wouldn't say obsessed. Definitely obsessed. <laughs> That's all he cares about if he goes traveling. This is quite a funny thing because there are many different types of travelers, and he's definitely the one that's searching for the different food to try. Yeah, I'd like to go on a foodcation or two. That'd be nice. Okay, Adam. So if you were to choose to live anywhere in the world, where would you choose to live? I mean, off the top of my head, I'd probably just say Canada, because I've lived here for so long, and I know how it's like. Japan would probably be a close second, because I did enjoy my time there quite a bit. It is a different style of living, but it was quite enjoyable. The only thing, really, that would hold me back is the difficulty of moving there. If you want to move to Canada, it's usually fairly easy. 
But going to Japan, they make it very hard. So where do you see us living in a few years from now? I mean, right now I see us living in Canada, but I know you're very much considering Japan. Although I enjoy living in Canada, I think Japan still has a lot more to offer. I know people might think I'm a bit crazy, and perhaps I'll go into a bit more detail about why that is in future. But what I can say for now is I do like a challenge. And for me, living in Canada isn't actually too challenging. It's pretty easy to adapt it here when I first moved as an expat because the culture and everything is not too, too different from the UK. And for me, Japan just has a whole lot more to offer in terms of perhaps the culture. It's a lot richer. As Adam mentioned, of course, there's a lot more history to Japan. So there's a lot of historical places that you could visit. And I really enjoy that. But just as a whole, the culture is incredibly different from what it's like here in the West. And it's something that I really appreciate and uh, would really like to experience more and also have my children experience because I think it helps create respect for both other people and the environment. I think Japanese people are very respectful people. So I'd like to have my children grow up with those kind of ideals. But yeah, I have a pretty long list. I could go on and on. It's not that I don't enjoy living in Canada. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think that it's super, super exciting, I guess you could say. And I think a lot of people who have lived here could say that too. Of course, if you're someone who really does just kind of like to settle, buy the house, kind of work your regular 9 to 5, and just get your excitement out going on vacations, Canada could still be quite appealing to you. But personally, I like the excitement that came from living in Japan every day. Yeah, when we were there, it seemed like every day was a vacation. You know, we were there for a whole year, and we did a, quite a lot of traveling, and it was fun. Yeah, so as it stands, it is true, as Adam said, I am currently considering the possibility of moving back there. I've been considering it for quite a long time now, so we'll see what happens. We still haven't decided. That's kind of why we made this podcast episode today. So I'm curious, just based on what you guys have heard on the podcast today, which country do you think we should live in? Do you think we should live in Canada, or do you think we should live in Japan? And, um... Just one more thing on that note, Adam. For some people, it's a lot more difficult to make those kind of big moves and move countries. But for me, it's something that's really exciting, something that I look forward to and something that I enjoy doing. How would you say it is for you? For some people, it can be very stressful and for others, it can be very exhilarating. Where do you think you fall on that scale? Well, for me, it would be more stressful because I like to know, I guess, every little detail of what's going to happen and how things are going to work. And going to a completely new country like that, that isn't even really similar to where I live, makes it very difficult to figure that out. Yeah, so if you think that I'm a little bit crazy that I want to do this, then maybe you can relate a bit more to Adam's side of things. But if you are considering making a big change, then hopefully I can also help motivate you to do that. Because I definitely encourage you to live outside of your home country at least once in your life, even just to try it. So that's going to be it for today's episode. I know it was quite short and sweet, but if you have any questions about what we've said, make sure to message me on my Instagram, at Tea and Chat Podcast, and I'd love to answer those questions for you because we didn't go into so much detail today. We're just kind of talking about some surface level things, but there's so much that we could say. So if you'd like Adam to come back on the podcast and maybe we could do a bit of a Q&A on various different topics, then make sure to send me some questions and I'd love to do that for you. Thank you so much, Adam, for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me.